Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The dark days in Phoenix continue, and John Voigt is out tonight. He left halftime with a uh, sore butt, did not return. He will not be on the, tonight's podcast. So we have Suns Jam. Oh, I'm sorry, Suns Geek. <laughs> Suns Jam. We have Suns Jam joining us. We have Suns Geek joining us tonight. Um, you know what? Uh, 500 basketball now in the Valley. This game was a must win, right? I mean, they had to win this game. It was close towards the end. They six points, 30 seconds left. Did you think it was over though anytime? Or did you think the Suns team actually had a chance tonight? A little bit, and I don't know if that was more on Miami or if that was more on us, but uh, it seemed like we were in it until maybe the last 45 seconds, you know what I mean, until that Jimmy Butler last-minute tip, you know, turnover, and then they just kept kept hitting shots. But the Suns were, they they fought and clawed, but just like I said to you before we went live, man, 20 and 20 in our first 40 games, damn. Yeah, it's too bad. And tonight, I mean – I don't know. I, I felt like this game was a must win for sure, but right now I'm kind of, I don't know what to, I don't know what to feel, what to be. I, I'm worried. I'm not worried. So I don't know if you're worried or not. Uh, maybe by the end of the pod, we'll figure things out and we'll <laughs> let you guys know how we feel <laughs> towards the end. Cause right now I'm just back and forth when I look at Booker on the sideline and yep. I'm just thinking like, what is he thinking when he's actually looking at the Suns team? It, are, they're laughing a little bit. Are they just waiting to get healthy again? But right now, man, these games are just, you know they're going to lose. It's getting a little painful, uh, but we will talk about it tonight. Um, before we crack one open, and I'm just going to spoil it. I don't have a beer. I'm sorry. I don't have anything. I hope you brought something to crack open. <laughs> I did. Got a tall can. I need it tonight. <laughs> I think a lot of Suns fans need a I don't tall have can tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, that looks delicious. Um, yeah, I don't have a thing. But before we do that, make sure to like, subscribe, review the podcast, uh, do all that good stuff. Um, Suns did lose 104.96, but let's just talk about this, man. So if you want Suns Geek, after you go ahead and crack that open. Let's do it. I think we all need one after tonight. (laughs) Yes, sir. And sip on that. Suns lose 104-296, and a game that was a must-win, um, but there's actually one other thing I want to ask before we get the pod started. Matthew, I got to ask. My original question was going to be, you know, is this a must-win game? Because Eric Spolstra did say before the game that both these teams, this is a must-win. I want to ask, though, when I was watching Booker over there on the sideline just looking at this team, you know, never really standing up, just kind of sitting down, taking it easy, which is good. What is what do you think he's thinking when he's looking at this? Is he disappointed in his teammates? Is he um just really excited to come back when he can? Or is he just, you know, just frustrated as all hell? 
right there. Can I, <laughs> can, I can I answer all of the above, but mainly just want him wanting to be out there? Like, I'm sure he's disappointed. I'm sure he's furious that he can't be out there. But, you know, Booker, man, he wants to be out on the court. And I'm sure if, if you know, the medical team and the doctors, if that opinion didn't matter, he probably would be out on the court, even with an mm-hmm. injury and everything. Or if you if this was a video game and you could turn the videos uh, the injuries off, I'm sure that he would be out there. But uh, it, it's not it's not just Devin Booker, man. I'm sure the whole team is feeling what we're feeling right now. Like you, like yeah. you said, like at the end of this podcast, we'll come up with our decision on how we're feeling and everything. It's going to be a mixed reactions. You know how Suns Twitter is and everything. But he wants to be out there, man. Devin Booker's a hooper. He's a superstar, and I'm sure he's just as frustrated as we all are. Yeah, and then Albert H just say in the chat too. He's thinking I need to take care of my body, which yeah. is totally true. That is the absolute first thing that we need him to take care of. Back. Um, because we don't want him to rush back. But there was a little bit updated news, so let me just actually play his drop. Big Dick Booker. Yeah, he uh so there was some news. Uh he was shooting around today at practice, and they said that the 23rd is when he's gonna be reevaluated. There's gonna be eight more games until then. What are you thinking? I mean, is this team gonna even scrounge out a win? I was going through their schedule. So the next uh eight games, you got the Cavs again this Sunday, then you got the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, the the Grizzlies, yikes, the Nets, then maybe the Pacers, and then the Grizzlies again. And then after that, if he does not come back any sooner. It's going to be the Hornets and Mavericks, so a little bit easier there. But right now, it's kind of looking like maybe we can get one game. Any kind of predictions you have that the you know what what are the Suns going to do in the next eight games? You got any predictions without Booker? I don't have any predictions, man, because I was I've made videos about this. I've talked about this on my own show. Which, by the way, shameless plug, subscribe to Suns Geek. Oh yes, but um, I'm scared, man. Like legit, there are some incredible teams that we are going to be playing. Some of them we've seen so far this season. Some of them we haven't, and uh, these are all pretty much playoff teams for the most part. And as you know, we you can lose on any given night to any team, and it's going to be pretty frightening. But you would want to assume, you know, wishful thinking would be we'd go four and four in these next eight games. That would be amazing. Yeah. But just getting one win, I feel like we haven't won in forever. Like, we haven't even won since the new year started. I even kept saying recently, I was like, I don't even remember the last time we won a game, even though I think it was that Grizzlies game. We blew them out. But uh, the, the NBA is competitive, man. You can lose on any given night. We just got to get a win, man. And you know what? I'm sure we're going to talk about this later, but shots have to start falling. Please, somebody hit a shot. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. There's one guy actually that uh, Monty Williams has to trust somebody. And right now yeah. he has to trust uh, – you know, whoever he can put in, especially with Chris Paul going out, we'll talk about him in a little bit, but there's one guy that he trusted tonight over anybody to actually get his shot up and hopefully it would fall. I'm not the one who just got butt fucked on national TV, Dwayne Washington. <laughs> yeah. So Dwayne Washington, he, he came in tonight and he basically he, he was a, he was a, someone to look forward to, to get hot in this game. He started out really slow. So Coming into the game, he started out three for 10, three for 10. And then Chris Paul goes out and he has to basically play the rest of the game. He doesn't get hot really at all. He hits a few big shots, but I wanted to ask you, I, I did like what I saw from Washington. I feel like there was a lot of good opportunity there with him and Aiden. And I thought that a lot of his shots, they looked good. I think, I thought they looked good. Like they looked like they were going to go in, but they wouldn't fall. So I don't know if it was that more added pressure for him 
or on him just to, you know, knock those down because he knew with Chris Paul being out, there's no one else. Maybe Shamit can get going, but Monty trusted him to keep jacking it up. He gave him a fist bump through the mid. I think it was maybe through the midpoint of the second quarter where he kept missing, but he's like, keep yeah. shooting it, keep yep. shooting it. So we can say all we want about him sucking because tonight he did figure he did finish the game with 18 attempts, only making five of them, yeah. which is terrible. I know it is bad. 13 points, seven assists, but those attempts I thought were good attempts. Yeah. Some of them were a little rushed. Some of them might've been a little selfish, yeah. but I thought he had a pretty good game, a good opportunity there to help the Suns win. What'd you think? I thought he was kind of aggressive. And even if they were, you know, some poor shots here and there, I mean, let's be real. Sometimes the ball just doesn't go in the basket. We've seen that countless times and we're going to see it countless times again from, you know, this is the NBA, man. Sometimes the yeah. ball doesn't go in the basket. I do agree with you, though. I, I'm pretty much going to ditto everything you said, but there were a few times I thought he was really good. You know, he's aggressive attacking the basket and everything. He had seven assists tonight as well, which is pretty awesome. He can play make from here and there, like time from time. Uh, he is a pretty good passer, in my opinion. I feel like he has pretty good chemistry with the guys all around. Um, and, you know, he's, he's what, a second-year player? You know what I mean? It's... It's yeah. going to happen. Sometimes the ball doesn't go in the basket, but at least he's putting up shots. And that's kind of why I referenced a few minutes ago that the shots eventually got to start falling. I think maybe the Suns would have won this game if we would have just been, I hate to use this word, but I, if we would have just been a little more efficient tonight, you know what I mean? Uh, but props yeah. to him, man. He tried his best. He did all he could and just wasn't enough, you know? Yeah, it wasn't enough. And they did ask him a lot. So yeah. that's why shot creator did comment. He said, I don't mind Dwayne's shots. But his passes lacked IQ. He either passed way too early or too late. That's another thing. It's like now he has to actually work with this first team offense. He has to do something. I think he had three um, turnovers tonight. Yeah. Uh, with seven assists. He, so it's not too bad. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like his triple-double he had before in preseason where he had like the 10 turnovers yeah. in one game. He's done better with the ball. But, yeah, jam to say bad turnovers. I think a Especially lot of – Especially late like, in the game, man. Oh. It wasn't like – okay, so tonight they had 14 turnovers, which is – bad but it's not as bad as it used to be i feel Mm -hmm. like and those turnovers just came at really bad times i feel like when the suns would go on a run they couldn't close the gap and take the lead um but right now Dwayne, he has a lot on his shoulders if chris paul who knows what's going to happen i feel like he might sit out some games i feel like a lot of these players right now are sitting out or are are playing through injuries they have to be especially like this guy, we talked about it before, but seriously, Mikhail Bridges, I feel like there's something up with him. The award. Yeah, Mikhail Bridges tonight. I mean, he was two for 10, 15 points, seven assists, free throws, 10 of 10. That's 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 amazing. That's awesome because we don't get to the free throw line ever. He seemed like the only one tonight that was making an effort to do so. His drive to the lanes are basically free throw or nothing. Like, cause he can't get any shot off. He kind of drive, he kind of drives a little wide, and it's hard for him to get any kind of shot off. So tonight it seemed like there was effort from him, but he can just be an absolute zero and he can be like a garbage man where he's just absolute trash out there, and you just you can't count on him at times. But then when I watch him fall on the ground, I'm like, is he gonna get up? I feel that I'm like, dude, is this guy going to get up or no? Because they talk about every broadcast about his streak of playing um, however many games it is right now in a row. And you know how, how awesome that is. But every time I see him, I'm just like, dude, I feel bad. I feel like he 
is playing through this because they have nobody else. Right. And we're giving him a lot of shit, and I'm not giving a discount at all, but his play is just, it's not going to be good enough for us to win any of these games, right? Well, it's funny because he had, what, 15 and 7 tonight. You think that's a good night, but again, it's the efficiency part. And, yeah. you know, you you are right about him getting, you know, hitting the ground a lot and going to the free throw line. I, I thought that was actually pretty impressive, in my opinion. That was something we did need out of Mikhail Bridges because I thought there was a few games here and there where he wasn't doing that. He wasn't driving to the basket. He wasn't cutting. He wasn't getting fouls and all that. And I think the seven assists is pretty uh, uh, pretty good tonight. That I, I That's something that stood out to me personally. But again, I feel like I saw him hit the ground more than I did see him actually make shots. You know what I mean? Because he was, what, yeah, two yeah. for 10 tonight. And it was weird. He did hit a shot kind of late in the fourth quarter. And you're maybe thinking that's what would get him going. But he just needs to be just a little bit more consistent, man. And I don't know of anything of an injury. I don't know if he's injured or not. And if he is injured, he's damn good at hiding it. I don't yeah, even know how great he's playing on defense nowadays. He's just <laughs> in a really rough slump. I I can't explain it, man. Like I'm I'm at a loss for words. Yeah, I think we all are. And I think when we come away from the season or whenever it it does end, and if it doesn't end in our way, of course, with the championship, we'll look back and they might talk about um, you know, on the next pods on the next JJ Reddick podcast, old man of the three. <laughs> Where he goes on there, I feel like almost a lot, yeah. twice or three times, but he's been on there a couple times. I feel like he might talk about like, hey, this was we were injured, we were yeah. so hurt, we were just trying to get through this season, it just kept falling apart, and that's what it seems like right now. Like everyone's even asking about Cameron Johnson once he comes back. Uh, yeah. Let's see right here, Joel uh, Ramirez said, "When is Cam coming back? He will give us a big boost." Uh, yes, he definitely will. I feel like anybody, even Cameron Payne coming back, anybody Dude, to help this team, right? Give us anybody, man. Like I even tweeted it out. I said, "Like we have like eleven active guys as of right now, and obviously that could change day from day." But I'm like, we we are dropping like flies, man. We got to get somebody in there, and if we don't sign or trade for anybody again, the the, the shots got to start hitting. Guys got to be more consistent. We have to show some life in this team. And I know that this sounds like wishful thinking. We need something good to happen to, to this team. We need like a mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton 30 and 15 game or Mikhail Bridges to go off like six threes. You know what I mean? Just something good. Like I'm sure we're going to talk about it later, but a Tory Craig type game. You know what I mean? Like something exciting, something just, we just need to win, man. Let's be real. Oh, I know, I know, win. I know. <laughs> uh, there is a question here by Albert H again, uh, you know, Send these questions in. Let's answer them. Yeah. I mean, it's only been 14, 15 minutes in the pod. Yeah. I feel started. like I've already gotten through everything, so right. we got a lot of time left. So send those questions in. We will answer them for you for sure. Uh, question, guys. Why is Book? Why is it that Book is the only player that has uh, that benefited from the CP Monty offense? Two-guard focus on creating offense. Um, I don't know if I can. <laughs> I, you know what? That is a good question, but I'm just like, I'm thinking about um, Book just kind of evolving as a player with Monty and Chris Paul because I feel like he evolved so well with those two where he just grasps onto a lot. I feel like if you're asking anybody else to really take over that spot for Booker, of course you're not going to be a superstar like Booker. Booker was playing like, I'm going to say, we used to say it on the pod when he was playing, like he had some games where he looked like Michael Jordan out there. Right. So no one's going to fill his shoes, but obviously like it's going to take a lot of practice and a lot of these games to get into, you know, a kind of a mode to where, yeah, there you go, yeah. like, a rhythm right i mean it's gonna it's gonna take a while for these guys to play together and just continue to play hard because if you're gonna lose you can't look at the losses i feel like right now i feel like you just have to look at just the next game and just continue to play hard and maybe you can squeak out some wins right yeah 
And, and someone fact check me if, if I'm wrong about this, but remember like last year, maybe the season before we were playing that like 0.5 offense. I don't know if we're yeah. doing that this year. Uh, and I don't. especially with all these injuries and everything, uh-huh. like everything, it feels like every game is a different offense, a different defensive scheme. Uh, again, I, I talked about this recently. Like I haven't really seen the ball zip around that much. You know what I mean? And that, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't care if you're the worst team in the league, if you're zipping the ball around and passing it, you're probably going to generate some points and some offense. I haven't seen much of that. Uh, anytime Chris Paul's out there, you want to assume that players would be better and that he can get you in those right spots and you can hit some shots and everything. But I don't know if Booker's the only player that's necessarily benefited from that. Uh, I do understand his question, but I, I don't mm-hmm. know. That is yeah. a good question, though. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely it's a little deep because this this team was rolling in the last two years and now you're just hitting the. Definitely not a speed hump, but speed Ugh. bump this year yeah. for sure. You know, just everything bump, in the man. back of your truck's flying out. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's, it's a little rough. Um, so let's see. There was actually a comment from Easy Mac and AZ. E, I'm sorry, Easy Mac. E Mac and AZ. We don't play hard. Um, I don't know about that. I thought Coda, we played, I thought we says hard there tonight, was hustle man. plays yeah. out there tonight. So the last two games, I feel like tonight, last game last two games yeah. they have played i feel like they they needed to to keep in these games i feel like they've been playing hard and the thing is like on the offense with Aiden and bridges there's a lot of still a lot of miscommunication i feel oh, like the yeah. bench plays almost better than what we're seeing from the starting <clears throat> unit because now you're putting more pressure on Aiden and bridges but then the, the backup unit it's kind of like we practice this all the time like we we have these things down to where we hustle we know where to be and stuff it seems more coordinated there than the than the first team so I mean, like, what do you think, man? Is it just like, is it? I don't know. I mean, I feel like they're playing hard now, but do you believe that they can continue this the next few games or the next seven or eight games when Booker's out? God, first off, uh, we uh, we absolutely have to play hard uh, these next eight games and really throughout the entire month. And mm-hmm. you know what? In all fairness to the Phoenix Suns, I'm sure the Suns' Twitter's on fire right now and everything. And I'll, I'll admit, I've been a little toxic fan here and there, but. I will say this, that Cavs game was actually pretty damn close. It literally came down to like the final seconds and we played hard. We even had the lead at halftime and everything. And you would assume that's probably a game where we would have gotten blown out and everything. And even tonight, man, I mean, this was literally a game full of runs. The Suns went on a few runs of their own. Yeah. Uh, but the Miami Heat, they obviously executed down the stretch. We had those late game turnovers. And again, man, at the end of the day, the highest score wins. And right now the Phoenix Suns are missing a chunk load of points uh, even if we were just 90% healthy, there's still somebody out. And again, like I, I'm so, I'm so repetitive at this point. Like we are missing shots. We're inefficient yeah. turnovers. You know, you, you talked about the miscommunication. I saw so many miscommunications tonight, defensive breakdowns, guys pointing everywhere. There was one play where like Dwayne Dedman was kind of s- sort of screening for Victor Aladipo and Mikhail Bridges kind of lost his guy and Victor Aladipo hit a corner three and mm-hmm. Lots of me. Yeah. I don't even know no. what I'm talking about like, anymore, but like, they're like running into each other. Dude. Yeah, just it, like, you know, your thoughts, you're just and, like in the defense we're going back and forth. And, and if I can just go on one more quick little rant yeah, here, go ahead. Our, our, cl- our closeout on D uh, excuse me, our closeout on three point attempts is embarrassing, man. Anybody can get a three point shot off against oh, us. Yeah. Guys aren't putting their hands up. Sometimes it doesn't even seem like guys know where they are at times on the floor. It's rough, man. Yeah, and I feel like it was more the starting unit than the second unit. I mean, Jams, yeah. tell me if I'm wrong or not, but I feel like the the bench just kind of seems like they know where to play. I mean, you're not going to get the efficient results that you want from a starter, but 
they're playing hard enough to where they get opportunities to, you know, grab that rebound or yep. get the extra shot, um, you know, and close out on defense. It just looks a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I mean, miss a lot of shots. This guy right here missed a lot of shots, but I feel like he played pretty freaking hard. Watch. All right. So DeAndre Ains tonight, actually, he was very inefficient just because the ball wouldn't go in. I mean, it was 10 for, he was 10 for 20, he had 23 points, 14 rebounds. Um, so I want to talk about him, and then uh, I have something else that I want to bring up from yesterday that was on Twitter. Um, but tonight's game, I thought tonight's game, last game, he played very, very hard. Um, still some just weird things he does where he spins into the defense. Um, he does a spin move like he's kind of practicing, dancing, and he's just like, oh, this is what the teacher taught me, so I have to do it. Yep. Um, he has that thing, and then just some mismatches still he's not taking advantage of. Um, but – I mean, I feel like he's still playing through the games. Uh, he had 35 minutes. I'd like to see what happens when he gets 40. Maybe we get those wins. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows, but I know Monty doesn't want to injure anybody else. What are you thinking about him? Because I think tonight he played hard. Yeah, he did. I think he's kind of playing better of, of late, right? If my memory serves me correctly, which it usually doesn't, I thought he played pretty well in the Cavs game as well. But even tonight, I mean I, – what I saw a lot of was just him being somewhat aggressive. It may not seem like it, not really the aggressive DeAndre and that we probably all yeah. expect each and every single night, but I thought he was pretty good, man. Had a couple of mid range shots here and there kept fighting yeah. on defense and offense uh, did his absolute best out there. But again, there's only so much you can do. And, and I, some I, they were talking on the broadcast tonight. They were saying something like DeAndre Ayton can't create his own shot and everything. That, that just sucks, man. That's kind of where, <laughs> cp3's value is super important out there i i like to use the the term and I'm, I'm not a football guy at all but i like to use the term quarterback like chris paul is literally our quarterback out there so even if chris yeah. paul is in a huge slump or he's having a very bad offensive game he's still out there to get deandre in the ball uh you would maybe like a little more you know da takeover like you mentioned with the 40 minutes that would be interesting to see what would happen Maybe he can, he can have a big explosive offensive night. Uh, but what he had, 20 and 14 tonight or whatever, yeah. I'll take it. I mean, I think he's been playing well. Again, there's only so much you can do. But as you already know, I'm sure you and John have talked about it and everything. You know, games like we saw recently against Toronto, you know, games like that, for example, those games are unacceptable. You know what I mean? I don't mm -hmm. care if you're getting paid $5 or $500 million. You You can't put up numbers like that. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's difficult when you're not getting the the attempts, but he has it. Um, so we always go back and forth where it's um, yeah. you know, the attempts are there, they're not there. Um, even Mark Jackson was talking about. Of course, he probably hasn't watched the Suns at all, but he right. says, <laughs> "I wanted Aiden when he got the he got down the block. They gave him the ball. He had the little jump hook. He's like, I wanted Aiden to be down there all night. It's like, yep. yeah, we do too, but we don't know who to blame really. Um, but uh, don't blame Joel or <laughs> Ramirez for a two dollar. Uh, thank you, super Let's chat. Go. Um. Thank you very much. He says, um, DA with 23 and 14, he is underrated passer too. He is underrated. Yeah. Uh, he's absolutely underrated. And the next guy I want to talk about, we're done with DA. Cause I feel like I have a little bit more to talk about with DA. And there's something that was on Twitter yesterday that I'll bring up, but, um, he is underrated. He likes the cutters. Um, he also like, all right. So the yeah, 20 attempts was good. Um, I'll go through the, the comments about what everyone else thought, but, I just thought like a few times towards the end of the game, he did this really weird thing. I don't think you noticed where he had like a mismatch and it was off the pick and roll, but he wouldn't look back at the guard or whoever had the ball to take the ball, like to ask for it. 
Yeah. He kind of hid from it. It looked like he was like, no, like, I don't, I don't really want this. Like, <laughs> all right, like, pass it around before I turn around because I don't want to fucking deal with this. That's, I saw that twice. Maybe that's why Mark Jackson brought up that point that he can't Maybe. create his own shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And of course, like, we're always going to say, yeah, the attempts are there. He plays good. But dude, like, I swear I saw that shit. And I know we were talking about uh, last game. Um, he's been playing hard. But then also, I heard like him and Monty or they were talking after the game or, let me rephrase this. Aiden was talking about he was he he looked frustrated. He looks upset because he's not getting the ball as much. Um, I don't know how much I can talk about this anymore because I feel like he is, and when he wants the ball, he can take the ball if he wants. Um, but I don't know where you stand on this because I think that when you're going game to game where everything changes so drastically, whether he gets the ball, whether he doesn't get the ball, I just don't know who to blame anymore or whatever. Cause I don't know if he ride eight tonight, if you're going to win the game. I mean, he had 20 attempts, man. Yeah. Like even like uh Cody kid did say like 20 shots tonight. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. We'll take that all the time. So I don't, I don't know. Like someone also said early in the chat, like he seemed frustrated tonight. And then Michaela seems hurt. I just, Aiden can't be upset. Right. Cause He's working on it. And then also, like, when he gets the ball, he sometimes doesn't know what to do still. He needs to work on this. So I feel like this is going to be really hard for DA to get through these games and play hard and continue to build his resume because uh, he needs to do that. I just – I don't know. I mean, To be honest, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I'm no, over the whole, like, DA doesn't get the ball too much or whatever. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. over all that. I mean, DeAndre Ayton, we've seen it. He can put up the numbers. He's a double-double machine and all that. And look, I don't want to compare him to like a Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic or whatever, but those are guys that can like run the point and all that, get their own shots and everything. Um, Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid's very finesse and very powerful and all that. I think DeAndre Ayton needs to work a little bit on that, a little bit more finesse, a little bit more athleticism and everything. Uh, but again, like Coda Kid, that's one of my longest subscribers, good supporter of the channel and everything. He's great. Twenty attempts is great. And again, man, it's barely, I mean, we're seven days into January, but you get my point. It's like early January, yeah. you know what I mean? We're, we're obviously completely injured. Things, and you said something earlier, things change from game to game, man. And I guess that's sometimes why DeAndre Ayton sometimes doesn't get the ball a lot. Because look how many giant centers and power forwards are out there. You know what I mean? It's tough, yeah. man. Um, so I guess that's right. And you know, Monty Williams, he goes off matchups and everything. So I'm sure the game plan changes from day to day, which is kind of why I mentioned the, the point I point five offense earlier, because I don't even know what offense this team is running anymore. Um, so I don't really know if I'm making any sense, but, uh, DeAndre you had a good game. <laughs> DeAndre, DeAndre had a good game. That's how I look yeah. at it. For the most part, he had a good game. No, you're good. You make a lot of sense. Um, yeah. What didn't make sense early in the game? I actually noted this. It's funny. I always write a page full of notes, and then I read like two. I go off of two of them. And but to, um, but to start the first or even halfway through the first, it seemed like Aiden was kind of on the refs. You know, like he's never done that, right? Where he doesn't get upset, but he was getting fouled, and he was calling the refs out to see, yeah. like, hey, pay attention. I'm getting fouled, and like the ref kind of spoke back to him, but then he kind of turned and walked away. It's like, no, talk to the ref. Tell him what they're doing. You know what I mean? So. Not to go so in depth, but I wanted to see where that kind of like followed up the rest of the game. But DA's free throw attempts, <laughs> so it's three for four. He didn't have any for that first half um, after he was getting fouled, but they weren't calling it. And I wanted him to continue to get on the refs the whole yeah. game, but he didn't. I was going to see if that worked out, but it didn't work out. Um, but also, um, just before we, I don't want to, I, I just want to bring this up for you. This was on Twitter yesterday. Um, no dunks to talk about this trade offer for Aiden. I think he probably saw it went around a few times. Yeah. Um, 
great game by him. This is this is not a trade that I'm throwing out there. This is no dunks. This yeah. is just their suggestion for the Toronto Raptors blowing it up. So your thoughts on the Toronto Raptors receiving Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton, Cameron Johnson, and then a 2025 round one top five protected. And then the Suns get back Pascal Siakam and Gary Trent Jr. Is this a yes or no from you? This is so tough to answer, man. I understand it the is. vision of this trade. And I, I understand the Toronto Raptors season as well. They've obviously had a pretty disappointing season so far. Uh, they're obviously not where they want to be. So hypothetically speaking, if they were blowing it up, if they were selling assets and all that, I understand the vision of this trade. And look, I, I've been criticizing James Jones for, you know, everything that he's done with the whole Jay Crowder and, you know, how he's not signing guys and all that. But I kind of feel like James Jones right now. I'm a little greedy in this situation. And I yeah. understand we have all of our draft picks for the next seven years, which, by the way, that's a huge asset to have nowadays because draft picks seem yeah. to get sold and they're like gold nowadays in a way. But I don't know if I would do that. Call me crazy. Like, I, I don't know if I would pull the trigger on that. I do understand the vision, though. But I'm like, I, I don't know. And Gary Trent Jr. is a solid player, too. I think he's kind of having a rough year, in my opinion. But I, I don't know. I would probably say no. But maybe if Toronto threw something else in there, yeah. maybe. And again, uh, th- it, let's say, hypothetically speaking, I'm not trying to send any bad wishes towards the Suns or anything. Let's say at the deadline, the trade deadline, it, the Suns are like collapsing. You know what I mean? And everything's going terrible, maybe. And let's say DeAndre Ayton's super unhappy. Let's say he makes a couple comments here and there. And, you know, he can, he can veto that trade or whatever, maybe. But that's probably unlikely. Yeah. I just, I don't think it's going to happen. I think yeah. it was one of those that got out there and it was both yeah. ways. It was like Raptors fans like, no, we don't want. The thing is, and I've heard in multiple podcasts where they're talking about DeAndre Ayton having less value than Mikael Bridges. I talked about this a few podcasts ago yeah, where Mikael yeah. Bridges was drafted and redrafted ahead of DeAndre Ayton. Bill Simmons said today Whoa. or last night's pod, he said that DA has no value. His value is dropped. And when he plays, okay, so when he plays games like tonight, a lot of people compare him to Bam, which is a good value. But then the thing is he does drop off. Yeah. So the consistency is the reason I feel like he doesn't have value. Um, just because no one would want to give up Pascal if if the if the if everything kind of evened out, you could just make the swap. That's not an even swap, right? For that, yeah, that makes Siakam sense. and yeah. DeAndre Ayton, not at all. Yeah, no, but um, that's <clears throat> I think that was 30 minutes of DeAndre Ayton talk. <laughs> Clear my throat after that one. Um, one last thing I'll say yeah, real quick, too, is and again, I, I look at this through both sides of the coin. Things would obviously have to go super bad for Toronto, and things are already kind of pretty bad there in a way. I mean, yeah. they again, like I mentioned, they haven't had a great season. Uh, and uh, Masai Ujiri is a great GM. Obviously, they won the championship in 2019 and everything. Uh, I I don't know if that would really work for Toronto either. And they already have so many different question marks. Like with Scotty Barnes was having mm-hmm. a pretty terrible year, and Fred Van Vliet and everything. I think he's dealing with some like personal and mental things right now. Uh, but Again, I would say no. If I were the GM of the Phoenix Suns, I would say no. Yeah, um, just a few comments from uh, the Jamsters. And the and let's see what they have to say. Gary Trent can be a bucket mm-hmm. when it matters, Kota Kid said. Yeah, Gary Trent, I do like. That would that was the one thing that Toronto Raptors fans, they were saying, like, no way, we're not giving him up. We can't just throw him in. Um, and He's then, still uh, young, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, not too much feedback here, so. 
Oh, look oh at your, my goodness. Your head's cut off. Hold on one second, John. John, one second. It's like sir. Miami Heat colors in the middle. John? Hello? Matt. How are you? How's it going? What's up, man? How you doing? How's the game tonight? I don't know. You tell me. Are you at home it was already? Terrible. Yeah, I'm at home already. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, what'd you think there? Good energy? No. No? How's the crowd? So, you know, here's what's interesting, okay? So this is the first game that I've been to since the NBA Finals, right? Game two of the NBA. And do you remember a few games ago when Eddie Johnson was talking about how the New Orleans Pelicans were piping sound into the arena? Definitely happens at Suns games. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Confirmed. I I don't like being told when to yell defense. I don't like being told when to get loud. And they had to do it a lot. Because the Suns did not play good. Have you talked about how shitty Sham it was yet? No, not, not yet. yet. We didn't get. I didn't have get to the bench about, guys really yet. Have you talked about Victor Oladipo hitting two buzzer beaters? Oh, yeah. Two. Two. two and it, but then also Craig had one for you too. I like how there was three yes. in one game just for John being yeah. at the game. The buzzer boy. The buzzer. Yeah, oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, it's not awesome. Sorry. You know how we don't have a drop for Ish Wainwright? Mm-hmm. My wife figured it out. All we talked about the entire game, <laughs> donk donk He's got a massive ass. Oh, yeah. That thing, like, when free throws, they got to, like, zoom out just a little bit because he's just got such a huge donk on him. So mm-hmm. we'll come up with something before the next game. But let's go, boys. 2020, we haven't scored 100 points in three games fucking sucks yeah no it's, it's terrible and i'm sorry you had to spend uh your next game after the finals in this oh. drought that's terrible i mean and, at least you got to report though man yeah at least i gotta go but B, b's in the chat voida what did you notice about the body language on the bench that's a good question oh yeah yeah so, what's interesting is at the end of every timeout, monty and his coaches go to the free throw line they sit there and they play a quick game of hangman you know and you could see that the coaches are trying to guess what letters and vowels are exist, and then they finally go over. But there was a few times, like Landry Shamit turned the ball over in the last one of the, you know, a couple times in the last three minutes of the game. He was hitting the hitting the uh, uh, the bench. Everyone mm-hmm. was kind of not. There, there was a lot of not talking, and that's what really was frustrating to see. Is this team's in a competitive game at times, and they should be coming up motivating each other, and there was just lack of communication. It looked like no looked leader. Like and, and I think uh, Tory Craig had said it uh, in between games, how he said that it's just the vibe right now with this team is that it's just the same every time. And, and, and something needs to be done. James Jones needs to bring somebody in here. Sure. Simply just preach. Yeah. Like you have to bring in somebody just to have a diff, some different blood in there, some different energy. It's the same energy. And it wasn't good. Oh, at, it thanks. wasn't. You know, I was thinking about, you know, how much I miss McGee and I do miss Crowder just because those guys were leaders. I mean, we have no one out there to lead. I mean, Booker, I just noticed him just sitting down the whole game. You know, he would clap, but like he would just sit there and just look on in despair. Like I didn't know what to think from him. So he was chilling. Yeah. He looked looked like he uh, like somebody who just like wakes up first thing in the morning, puts on his his slides and goes out and just plays catch with the dog for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing he can do. No, yeah. not at all. And he was every time Monty would finally, after they were done playing Hangman, and he would sit down with the team and have like ten seconds to talk to him. 
Booker was right there. He was right behind Monty. He was listening in. So it's like he's engaged on the bench, but the rest of the team is just lost right now. Yeah, they don't know what to do. Um, any fans come up to you? Were you bum rushed? Was there a big crowd? <laughs> was it like Beatlemania down tonight? there with you at, with you at the with you at the game, man? No, man. I I, I got there. I met up with uh, Justin. So says Jay. Uh, we talked for a little bit, and then we headed up to the the two hundreds. And it's dark up there, so no one can see. Yeah, it's super dark. <laughs> you white trash. It's so frustrating. The, the stuff I start to yell, like, you got to look around. Like, are there kids around here? You're like, come on, DA, you're fucking soft. You know, yeah. sh- damn it, sham it. You know, just like. The loudest fans are up in the, ble- uh, yeah. the nosebleed seats. Yeah, or the, or the bleachers. That, I feel like fans don't care anymore about cursing. Like, I went to the Diamondbacks game and the bleachers, they were saying terrible things with my nephew <laughs> and then these other little kids. I'm like, dude, you guys are talk, talking about, like, big-footed dick diapers? <laughs> I don't even know. Like, it was nasty, dude. So, ah, anyways, I'm glad you made it out alive. mobbed or anything, but it was a fun game to go to just because always going to a Phoenix Suns game is fun. I will say this. The intro sucked oh no it, it, was, it was almost like there was like a violinist playing the intro there was like no energy you know how the intro is supposed to like everything gets yes i feel up and then like it drops and like first yeah. like get energized but with what's going on it was like somebody was like playing mozart it's like oh phoenix suns there's no way shit. and I, i'm obviously exaggerating but it was like i was like oh that was it this yeah. is pretty lame. Well, I saw the one for uh, the City Edition jerseys. That one was epic. That's a good intro. So I don't know if they do that for every time, every time no, before they actually wear those jerseys. But yeah, I noticed they had the court, but then they were wearing the different jerseys. So they get lazy. They put the wrong court out. They know they're like, okay, we're going to have to change it when Cleveland comes to town on Sunday. So what's the point of change? Let's just run to. Fucking lazy. It was, it was not good, man. It was really frustrating. It was just frustrating. They, I mean, what was their final shooting percentage from beyond the arc? I was sitting. Oh, uh, dude. <laughs> it was 26% tonight. 26. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But I will say, and I'll leave on this note, how about those Miami edition, those, those Miami jerseys, man? It looked like Charlie um, put together a ransom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? The white ones are shitty. I like everything else they do with color, but the white ones look bad. I like what they do with the Miami and stuff. I like it, how it looks serial killer-ish, because everyone thinks I'm a serial killer, <laughs> so I kind of vibe with that, I guess, so I enjoy it. <laughs> Ed Lubin, and I blame Dave King for the slump ever since he hung up the podcast. Oh. Camp Session podcast, because ever since we got picked up by the Basketball Podcast Network, the team's like 5-11. and 11. Dude, that's terrible. It's never going to go away. No, not at all, man. This uh, is awesome. <laughs> John, what's your what's your record when you write the previews for the, the better, website? <laughs> better. I was at like 0 and 5 and I think I'm like 3 and 6 now. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> Getting some traction. <laughs> I got some traction in there. I started just picking up every game in hopes that I could do it for a while. I was like, just give me your game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I so speaking of Brightside, uh, tune in tomorrow to brightsideofthesun.com. I got a piece coming out about James Jones and how he might just let it ride this season. I give a lot of reasons. I don't agree with it, but I give some reasons as to why he might just end up letting it ride. So, Suns Geek, read that one. Make a Definitely. video. Oh, yeah. It was the Phoenix Suns, and that's what you do. <laughs> Thanks, All right, man. man. Definitely will. Are you checking out? Yeah, I'm checking <laughs> out. I'm, I got to go pee. All right, I'm going to do DraftKings. <laughs> so, uh, have a good night, man. Take care, everybody.
See you later, John. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.